Welcome to this week's podcast by Celebration Church Rarotonga. We believe this message will empower and equip you to live a life of breakthrough. Thanks for joining us. I want to talk to you about this. Already, God is 100% dependable. God is 100% dependable. Before I get there, I want to say I was asked a question about three weeks ago. We were out for lunch after uh, after our service, actually, and the question was uh, by a prominent man. You'll know this guy on the island, and he said to me, "Is this Revelation 13?" And I said, "No." I said, "Revelation 13." Uh, it's in the context of the seven-year tribulation, which is to come in the future, and it's primarily about the Antichrist and what we call or what we know as a one-world uh, one cashless society. So you don't have to worry about that, I said. That's in the future. It's not now, okay? But I said it could be Matthew 24, which the Bible talks about that as the beginnings of sorrows. Uh, Matthew 24, it talks about there will be uh, wars and rumors of wars. And this is Jesus talking. And he says there will be pestilence or plagues. There will be uh, earthquakes in diverse or different places. There will be uh, a nation or, or, or a kingdom will rise against kingdom. In other words, political forces against political forces. And then it's got this. There will be nation against nation. The word there comes from the word ethnos. It's, it's ethnic community or ethnic group against ethnic group. That'll be manifesting or demonstrating itself before the Lord comes. And now, but Jesus said, this, he says, do not be troubled. Amen. How about that? Don't be troubled. In the midst of a plague, in the midst of earthquakes and uh, traumatic uh, earthly uh, dynamics, do not be troubled. Thank you, Jesus. And uh, because <laughs> do not be troubled, um, it actually means to do not fret. Another word uh, there shoved in there in the original, it actually means do not be interrupted. <laughs> that throws a different light. In other words, though there's plagues, there's pestilence, earthquakes in diverse places, there's scarcity of food on the land as judgments are going to be coming as the beginnings of sorrows or the, earth, or the, or the birth pains before, uh, before the great events take place and later on, then it says, don't be interrupted. And I want to ask you the question, don't be interrupted or what? Don't be interrupted. Don't allow life and the storms of life to interrupt your relationship with Jesus. Don't allow life and the storms of life and adversity to interrupt your mission. Okay, the calling of God. Sometimes these things we can so listen to what media has to say and it's so in the forefront that it's almost we idolize the opinions of the experts. But I say there's only one expert, there's only one CEO of the planet, and his name is Jesus Christ. The Bible calls him that he's the captain of the host, and that's the Lord. And I'm interested in his opinion. Now, now I want to say that somebody says then is, did God create COVID-19? I don't think so. I think it happened, and there's all sorts of theories and that, and conspiracies if you're online listening and bits and pieces. <laughs> but let me say this, I do believe God takes advantage of crisis because he sees he sees the world through the lens of the church that's how god sees us he sees the the whole world through the lens of his people through the lens of the church he has you in mind 
Okay, that's important for us to understand that, has us in mind. And so when we're talking about, uh, you know, different things that are coming on the world and that, is I'd like to say this and present this to you. It's almost like God has taken advantage of the situation and there's like a interruption on our Western idols. It's like there's an interrupt, there's like the big pause, the thumbprint on pause, and everything begins to stop. Because if you look at all the sports and entertainment, it's kind of frozen somewhat. I mean, how many reruns can you watch of old games? I mean, and, uh, but if you look at, not many of us are earning money right now. So that God or mammon, if you like, and is on a bit of a freeze or on a bit of a hole for a lot of people around the world. And then you look at education, how valued is education in the Western world in particular? It's kind of like that's on hold. And I want to present this to you is this, is take advantage of the crisis or take advantage of this opportunity that we have. And I believe it's this way, is I believe that we are going to see uh, tumultuous events take place in the future, and it's a bit like God is saying right now, I want, I want to put pause on things, and I want you to catch up. I want you to play catch up, and I want to restore you back into a love relationship with me. Because how many of you know when the world is shaking, the world is talking, the world is speaking, it's so easy to get preoccupied with other stuff. But, you know, Jesus is number one. He cannot be number two. He has to be number one in your life. And I think it's an opportunity. It's a bit like mercy's being chucked out on the plate for us. It's an opportunity for re, us to reevaluate our life and to analyze our life and come home to Him. Because I'm going to say this, because I believe that there's worse stuff coming. This is just a number. This is just something in the uh, blimp in the, in the world right now. It's not nice. It doesn't taste good. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't look good. But let me tell you, what an opportunity for you to step back and to step up and to come up into the things of God and realign your family, realign your value systems, your priorities, and come back to the Father. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand this morning. And you can turn up my mic, please. So God... <laughs> is 100% dependable. Can you turn to your neighbor and say, God is so faithful. Okay, two guys, one's David, one Joshua. Both of them led Israel to battle. Both of them were what is called mighty warriors. David, he's now an old man, and this is how he speaks it. He says, Psalms 37, 25, watch this. I have been young, and now am old, yet I not, have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his descendants begging bread. David never saw it. I haven't seen it either. But David never saw it. And it's like uh, in Joshua 23, 14, our opening scripture also, Joshua speaking, he's an old guy about to die. And this is what he says, analyzing the goodness of God. Behold, this day I am going the way of the earth, and you know in all your hearts and in all your souls that not one thing has failed of all the good things which the Lord God spoke concerning you. All have come to pass for you. Not one word of them has failed. That's amazing. You see, we've got two things. We've got David with the provision, and we've got Joshua with the promise. 
God will never leave you nor forsake you. And I, I want to say this, has, uh, God cannot let you down. He can't let you down. I'll rephrase it. It's impossible for God to let you down. There are a lot of things that God can do. Of course, the creator of the universe, but there's a number of things he can't do. God cannot lie. God cannot be unjust. You ready for this? God cannot be unfaithful. In fact, the word of God says this, and, and it says this, is that when we become faithless, he remains faithful because he cannot disown himself. It's actually contrary to the character and the nature of Jesus Christ, God, to be unfaithful. It's not in him. How many of you have ever had the sword of betrayal go through? Have you ever had that before? How many? Come on now. How many of you have ever had a bit of a betrayal? You get a bit of a serve by somebody. Somebody let you down someone. Please don't put up your hand. I don't, maybe I should put up your hand. Maybe I should ask you, hey, put up your hand if you've never in life been betrayed. Well, you need to write a book of miracles. Every one of us at some times I was saying to the other day to somebody, and, and I said, you know, betrayal goes where someone puts the dagger in at that least time you expect it, and you're expecting it from someone that it's just like, <laughs> from you? <laughs> from you? My wife? No, from you? It's the dagger. But also, but also it's this way, is betrayal is someone walking away from you when they should have stood with you. Do you understand that? When, man, you were in lonely in the battle and you needed support, you needed people to stand with you, and you've got, I mean, it's very easy. The Bible says, you know, uh, uh, you know, anybody can say, I love you, but a faithful man is hard to find. And what you want, you want people standing with you in your hour. That's faithfulness. Now, look, you might have had the sword go through you. You might have had been ridiculed ostracized or marginalized, the people make fun of you or people not stand with you who should have stood with you. But I want to say this, Jesus Christ is not like that. You got to understand that. And the reason why we're going to have to understand Jesus's faithfulness is because we're going to need to draw on it in the future. Because there are so many people this way that you look at their ministries and say they have great faith. The reason why people have great faith is because they serve a great God. I, I want to put it this way. The reason why uh, we have great faith or people have uh, do exploits, you think, how did they do that? Such risk takers in God. And it's amazing. is because they have a revelation on the goodness of God. They have a revelation of God's covenant. Going back into David, do you remember David and Goliath? And David was incensed by the audacity of this nine foot nine freak man who begins to uh, terrorize Israel. David was versed in the scriptures and he said, how can this uncircumcised Philistine challenge God's elect or challenge the apple of God's eye? So he says to Saul, he negotiates a deal and he begins to say, I'll take him. And Saul, who's fretting, because the Bible says the Israeli army was fretting, they were panicking, they were running and, 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 and Goliath was there for 40 days challenging. You bring out your best man. And if I beat him, then you serve us. But if 
you beat me, then we will serve you. And there's a challenge going on and David begins to negotiate with King Saul. But I want to say this, David went out understanding God's covenant premise, uh, God's covenant promise. He went out and he slew Goliath. He took him right down. I want to say this, that anybody on that day could have done that. It wasn't just up to David. Any other militant soldier, Saul should have been able to do it themselves because David had the revelation of God's promise. And you and I need the revelation of God's word that God will never leave you. He will not forsake you. He will not deny you. He will not let go of you. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand this morning. Where it's got the book of Hebrews, it says this, I will never leave you. Paul quoting Jesus, I will never leave you nor forsake you. The word forsake means to abandon. I will never abandon you. It actually means to relinquish. I will never relinquish. I will never let go of you. So in your crisis, I want you to know there's someone that's standing with you. Routing for your cause. There's someone that's with you. The Bible says of God before us. No man or nothing can stand against us. I love what Paul said, you know, because we get afflicted by fears. Fears can flood our heart, but so can faith. And he said, he said this, you know, uh, I, I'm convinced that neither life nor death, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present or things to come that can separate us from the love of Jesus. Nothing can do that. And the reason why I think the whole area of God's faithfulness is critical for us is because we're going to have to draw on it. Come on now. These are small battles for the universe. If you read your Bible properly, these are small battles. COVID-19 is a small battle. It's a small battle for this world. It's not a big battle. Man without God always frets and always goes straight to the natural, always hits the panic button. This is a small battle. This is the time for the church to have a voice, for the church to be strong, the church to set the example, to set the pathway. We're not tales being thrown around by media. We're not tales being thrown around by people's opinions of fear and terror and insecurity. We aren't like that. What we are, we're supposed to be Holy Ghost giants in the midst of a crisis. We have the answer, and you've got to walk with that answer. I was thinking the other day, and I, I, I say this, and I think this, and I think we need to keep on preaching about the authority of the church, the authority of God's people. I had people say to me, and they say, Pastor, will you pray for me? And I think to myself, man, my, I can't a magic wand over you. You pray for yourself. It's like, what's wrong? Respectfully, I know I'm not talking to you, I'm talking to somebody else out there. But you pray for yourself. What's wrong with your prayers? Does God not listen to you? When your name comes up as a petition or request, is He not listening to your name? Is He not listening to you? What's wrong with you? Are you blood-bought? Are you a child of God? Then what's wrong with your prayers? But we look to the pastor, we look to a senior leader or an elder, please pray for me. And I understand supportive prayers and stuff, but there is a place in God where every individual begins to take on a Goliath. Those Goliaths are marked out with your name on it. You've got all the authority invested in you to actually overcome and slay every difficulty. In fact, the Bible says God will not even allow you to go through a temptation that you and Him can't even endure together. He's already done it. He's already fleeced, dealt to, stripped apart, annihilated. 
every temptation. He's done it. And he's partnering with you. <laughs> Come on, now let's give the Lord a hand this morning. God is good. He's 100% dependable. He's faithful to, for his provision for you. He's faithful for his word for you, his promise. He won't let you down. Hey, I'm sick of this. Out of all the names that God has given, man, I Googled, I thought, well, how many names does God actually have? So many were saying 100 and some were 72 and somebody came up with 955. 955 names that God, God has been given. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. He has been given in the original and Greek and Hebrew. But 955 names. Uh, we'll just go for the 100. God has been given. We know more than 100. It's safe to say. We'll take the, the middle ground. But you know, in, uh, in, in, in Revelation there, in Revelation 19.11, it says, Now I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse. And he who sat on him was called faithful and true. And in righteousness, he judges and he makes war. That's a different message for sure. He is called the word of God in the same scripture. And he's given a name on his thigh, which stands for authority that nobody knows. The Greeks used to say if they knew your name, they had dominion over you. So he comes back, nobody knows the name except him. It's on his thigh and it's on his cloak. Rides with the angelic host behind him. But he is called and he comes back as faithful as true. Hey, why didn't he come back as graceful or loving or goodness or purity or holy? I've got a list of names that I chucked down there and I wrote down a whole lot of names. Why didn't he come down? How come God, he had options is what I'm saying. Jesus had options. I mean, you could have been called. You could have been called. What could you be called? You could have been called the healer, the deliverer, the mighty one, the chief apostle, the first and the last, the firstborn of all creation, the cornerstone, the great I am, the merciful one, the gracious one. But no, he comes back as faithfulness and true. He had options. He's, he could be caught anything like that. Why does he come back? Because that's built right in to the character and nature of God as a foundation. God is faithful. He will not let you go. God is faithful. God is faithful, full of faith. Faithful, dependable, reliable, He's going to be with you. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. Now, everybody in this room says amen to that. Amen. I just heard everybody give a witness. We all said amen in the assembly this morning. But how come when it comes to the government coming down and saying that, you know, we can't earn much these days, we begin to get panicky? Well, so help me. I thought that God was supposed to be faithful. He's supposed to back my act and provide for me. Never leave me for forsake me. I believe that in my head because that's what I'm taught in this church. I'm taught that in Scripture, but then when it comes to practice and outworking, we begin to shake on the inside. We begin to fear for our children. We fear for things like, oh, I don't want to be on the shelf all my life. I don't want to be lonely, and I don't want to get sick, and I don't want my wife to go out with somebody else, and I need the money, and I don't. But you know what happens? We get stricken with insecurity, stricken with doubts, stricken with uncertainty and fear. It does come like an arrow, and we begin to panic, get nervous. But I'm telling you what, in the midst of the battle, Jesus is always standing with confidence 
in the boat, remember? He's sleeping in an hour of crisis, speaks of rest. We've taught that. But how come it is that we get nervous? How come it is we get faithful? Now, Paul the apostle did. Paul got nervous. Paul had fears. Remember, he said, outside was adversity, inside were fears. I didn't come to you with, with, uh, with, with words, um, with, uh, you know, awesome words, inspiring, uh, cool words, eloquent words. I came to you with fear and trembling, but I came to you with a demonstration of the Spirit of God. You see, Paulie was nervous, but he leaned on God. He didn't, he wasn't subject, he didn't allow it to have dominion over him. We get attacked with insecurity. We get attacked with rejections. We get attacked with fears. We get attacked with uncertainties. But we lean into God's faithfulness and we lean away from the fears. We lean away from the suggestions of the enemy. We repel all of that and we say, I'm not listening to that stuff anymore. It's not going to have dominion on the church. It's not going to have dominion on God's people. It's not going to have dominion on me. Now, listen to me. Listen, this is supposed to be a church of great faith and mighty in battle. But sometimes I think we're little mice dressed up for battle. Rats at best. <laughs> Perhaps even opossums. Graduate to cats and dogs. No, we're mighty men. We're mighty women. That's our DNA. We don't take no for an answer. We don't agree that people should be dying of cancer. We don't agree this is Donna's time. This is not Donna's time. And if you got sickness right now, it's not your time. Come on, now I was at a funeral one time and a guy had died of an accident and the, the funeral guy was a pastor. And he said, well, you know, I believe it was, uh, you know, God's time to take him away. And I thought, what an insult to God. He's got two little children. What are they thinking? Seven and eight-year-old kids. Oh, uh, God took daddy away because he wanted him to be in heaven more than he wanted to be with us on earth. No wonder there's so much rebellion. Don't you understand? God is faithful. He really is. He will back you. He will back your cause. You hear from God and you're in his purpose. He will never leave you nor forsake you. I have denied him. Or I'll put it this way. I have got unfaithful. I've let God down. But for Natasha and I, I can honestly say he's never once let us down financially. We've been to the wall and back, and the wall and back, and the wall and back, 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 over many, many years, and we're a lot more to the time, the wall and the back, but you know, he's never let us down. Why? Because he said he wouldn't, because he can't let us down. Huh. He's in the trenches. He's in the hilltops. He's in the valleys. He's in the storms of life. He's in adversity. He's in the good times. He's celebrating your cause. He's hooraying you on. He's put a flame of destiny inside you and he's your best fan. He says, you can do it. We can do it. Hey, just to let you know, you can't do it by yourself just to get out there. But we can do this thing together. Never will he let you down because he cannot disown himself. Let's give the Lord an awesome hand this morning. God is good.
The mutability of God, he cannot change. If God could change, then he could get better. God cannot get better at being faithful. He is what he is. He says what he does. He is, listen, he is faithful. It was Sarah that said she proved God faithful. Hmm. Two things we should know. Number one, God is faithful to fulfill his word and his promises. He who has promised is faithful. Number two, God is faithful to those who call on his name. Now that's going to be important for us because there are times I haven't called on his name and I just decided to go on and get in that car and do my old thing and I wonder where God was and I got myself in the right pickle. The world is in a pickle right now because we've walked away from God. Get out of the pickle and climb into God's presence and climb into his word, adjust our life and the pickle begins to go. You're now in a Pavlova, a beautiful dessert. Okay. I will never leave you nor forsake you. He who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, but change the word around because it's used interchangeably. He that calls on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. It's the same word. Go into the original. He that calls upon the name of the Lord shall be healed. And I want to I say this. You need to call on him. Because remember, he's not an invader. Hey, he doesn't come on your life and march right in and Seth, I'm coming into your life right now, whether you want me or not. No, he waits for Seth to say, Daddy, Father, hey, uh, he says, Come, Father, come to me. Abba, Father, come, I need, I need your help right now. I need your presence. I need your provision. I need your wisdom. I need your strategies. I need your strength right now. I need your grace and forgiveness right now. Help me, Lord Jesus. It's calling upon the name of the Lord. We invite him in. And every day it's a practice, it's a discipline. And that's half the problem with our flesh life. We, we decide to go AWOL even though we embrace and profess the name of Christ. And the reason why we're in such a bondage at times is because we fail to call on his name. Some of us are tormented by anguish, bitter anguish, driven by stuff on the inside, driven to compete, driven to perform, driven for recognition. I'm telling you the unhappiest soul in the world. And we're aging all the time through that. Some of us have got areas of bitter anguish and unforgiveness and that. I want to say call out to his name. Some of us in a financial uh, difficulty right now, call out to him. I know what it's like. I remember many years ago, I, Natasha and I were, uh, didn't have income coming in at all. I was in ministry, didn't have income coming in. I was living by faith. And we made the commitment we would never tell people our needs. And we had no money coming in. I want to qualify that. There was nothing coming in. And uh, we would pray. You know what I'd do? I'd say, Natasha, we only have one hope. We have two, actually. First one, we could rob a bank. I could see you doing that. I'll be in the getaway car. Just chuck the bag in the boot and I'll be off. That was our first option, but that was never going to be. But the main option was this. We're going to trust God where we couldn't trace him. We couldn't feel him. I couldn't see him. God didn't come to me and say, here I am. And I think, wow, you're awesome. No, no, no. Walk by faith, not by sight. But I knew he was with us because of what his word says. And so I began to commit to prayer. So you know what we did? Here's our coffee table, which we didn't sell. Here's our coffee table. And what we did, we marched around it every morning. And our floor did, was the same height, so... 
And we used to pray, pray. And the more God wasn't answering, the faster we would get, come on, Lord, what are you doing? Come on, man. We wore that carpet out like it was going out of business. We prayed and prayed and prayed every day, every night. We had nothing else to do because we didn't have the jobs. So we prayed. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Somebody comes, a man, and he says, the Lord gave me a vision about you guys. And I said, what's your vision? And he says this, I saw you in the vision, you and Natasha at your house, and you were walking around, praying around the coffee table. And I said, oh, yeah? <laughs> what else did you see? <laughs> Was the place tidy? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Walking around, and he said this, and the word of the Lord was God is going to assist you. He's going to help you all the way. Oh, my goodness. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand. He's going to assist you. He's going to help you all the way. Did you know what? God had given him a vision about my private life into my own lounge to encourage us. I couldn't feel God in the lounge. I couldn't feel his presence. We were pretty desperate and pretty fearful and just hanging on to grim death, if you like. But God saw it. He was there. The angel of the Lord, the provider, the great Jehovah Jireh, he knew and he encouraged us as a sign that he's with us. And God began to unlock only about two weeks later, incredible miracles. It was amazing. It was a massive flow of cash that came through and it didn't stop. It was incredible. But you know what? We kept, like Paul, adversity on the outside, fears on the inside, but we know the love of God things coming and things in the future cannot separate us from God's love. What that means is provision. That means his comfort, his protection. Nothing can separate us from the Lord like that. And we're able to put our trust in right now, you and your life. Are you crying out? Do you need help? Come on now, do you need some help? In your circumstance, let me tell you, if you don't need help, you've got a boring life. You might be sitting spiritually saying, no, I don't need help actually, I'm fine. Well, you're Mr. Boring, or Mrs. Boring, or Miss Boring, or Master Boring, or Little Kid Boring. <laughs> Bad and boring. No, 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 no. If, if nothing's happening for you and you don't need God, something's amiss. You gotta get, you gotta jump into that river. You gotta jump into the promises of God. You've got to push out well beyond you well beyond your resources, so that if God does not come through, you are sunk. Or another way of putting it, if God doesn't come through, you're dead. Sure gone quiet in the church right now. But that's the problem is we live contained, average, nice looking lives where it's just about us and us four and no more. I'm telling you, you need to get out there so that you need God, that if God doesn't come through, you're desperate. And we were desperate because we decided, we decided we want to be full-time focused. The invitation was to go full-time on. There was enough money. And I said, we go full-time on. I'm not going to pull off the, the church. But I said, what I will do, we'll believe. We'll believe God for miracles. First week, no miracle. <laughs> Second week, no. But then he came through because he's faithful. When God sees the world, he sees us through the lens of his church. When God sees his people, he sees us through family, love, and faithfulness. Ready for this? When we see God in his word, we are to see him and his word always through the eyes of faith. 
If you enjoyed this message, feel free to subscribe and leave a review. We'd also love to hear from you. You can connect with us on Instagram or Facebook at Celebration Raro or visit our website celebration.atonga.com. Until next time. <laughs>